Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We've reached the point of parenting uh, where our, my, my 10-year-old daughters, my twins, are going through something where uh, they don't like to go to bed when they're first asked to go to bed. And so every night is this 20-minute samba of sending them to bed. They come up with some artificial reason to come downstairs. It's usually a fight over somebody kicks somebody because they still share a room. And then we have to go, okay, guys, it's okay. Just go back to bed. Then there's an extended sequence where they come back down because they didn't quite settle the beef. Then we got to read the riot act and... They're so in Vanessa and my mind, our, our heads together about coming downstairs. We reached a new point as a family last night where for 10 minutes, I heard them just, just hanging out by the stairs. And I had to do the thing of like, if I get out of this chair, you don't want to see, you don't want to see the attitude I'm going to be giving you if I got to get out of this chair. Then I would hear a sound. I'd be like, guys, do I, do I got to count? Now, I count three, two, one. Vanessa counts one, two, three. So we always throw each other off by counting in the opposite direction. And guys, by this point, I'm steaming mad. I'm, I'm, I'm that other guy, right? There's, there's nice, fun, jovial dad who loves to hang out, who loves to sit on the couch and cuddle and watch a show together. But now you got the other guy. And you know what? That guy puts boots where you don't want boots to be. And so I get up, guys. I mean, I do the scissor kick out of the chair, right, which does not look great at 350 pounds. Didn't get out the first time. Nope, nope, nope. The point, it was for emphasis, not because I was like a turtle on his back. And I was I was spitting fire. And I walk over the stairs only to realize I had been yelling for 10 minutes at kids who weren't there. Not even there. They had been. They were asleep. I even walked upstairs and I kind of, I did like the sneak thing where I opened the door and uh, no, they were out cold, snoring even. So yeah, my, my kids have finally broken me mentally in case you want to know where we start today's show at. Did you have a few drinks before that or what? No, oh, okay. that's the worst part. If, if there had been glaucoma medication or seven and sevens, I could have handled it. The fact that I was stone sober and Vanessa was too. And guys, she has nothing to speak about either. Cause she was like, you're not listening to your dad. Oh, you better get ready. She was encouraging me to believe that the children were there. But how you doing? Having a good day today. I actually, I got to say, thank you to the Cavs because that was a whole mess of fun last night. It really was. It was kind of everything 
I had hoped last night's game against the Kings would be because the Kings like to score points. They don't like to play defense very much. But we got to see a couple of vintage Sabonis moments early in that game. Um, but really, I mean, it was the Donovan show. It was it was the Cavs show. And that was an incredibly impressive win. And you got to see, I was just telling Andy Roth this, my favorite part about last night's game is the Kings kept making these mini runs, you know, 8-0 runs, 10-2 runs, little stuff like that. But they never, like, they got just, okay, we got to, like, 10, 10, uh, 10 points out of, of like, making it a game. That's a 10-point game now. And then the Cavs would just slingshot into a 10-point run of their own. So it was never really close. I will say it, it helped us hit the parlay again. But the Cavs got the 136-110 win over the Kings at home last night. And, you know, I mentioned Donovan Mitchell. I, I, I don't know how to say this any other way, guys. Darius Garland's fantastic. Watching Donovan Mitchell run point on this offense is a different experience. And a lot of it is adding that extra elite shooter on the court, at which point, by the way, has been Darius from time to time. But watching Donovan bring the ball down the court and kick the ball out to the corner, there was a great pass to Okoro, who's been kind of steadily hitting his three-point shots. Um, Evan took another three-point shot last night, which is something we have to talk about. But that exactly, like that, what you saw last night, it was Max Struess's night. He went six from 10 from three, but like Sam Merrill got in on it. And and listen, last night exactly, not necessarily sustainable. They hit 56% of their threes and they hit 23 three-pointers on 41 attempts. That's not the most sustainable thing in the world, but you know, 40% from shooting, if you can keep guys like Merrill and Struess in that rhythm, and Dean Wade gets his chance. He was two for two last night, and Yang gets his chances. He did not fare as well, but, like, this is kind of how it's supposed to look with Darius and Donovan on the court. And it's so funny because how I think about Cleveland sports is, in the moment, I'm doing the thing of, like, oh, my God, this is so much fun. Four, they went 14 of 15. This is exactly how you do it. This is exactly what you need to do. You're mad. Listen, there's a lot of conversations that can stem from this, but like you can't control any of that. What matters most is, are you taking full control of your advantage? You won. And so right now you've got, I don't think it's a half game lead on Milwaukee, but you've got like a 0.007% lead on Milwaukee for the two seed in the Eastern Conference. And they've got a matchup with the Suns tonight that, I mean, it could give you even more control of the two seed in the Eastern Conference. But, like, there is a part of my brain that that Cleveland sports PTSD, as soon as I just settle into, man, how fun was that? Great job, Max Struess. I like that two things happen when Lima's out on paternity leave. I love that Ken can't, can't officially say that he's flipping the switch because Lima's out. And I also love that Max Struess has arguably his second best game of the season when Lima's out. Because Lima has been anti-Struess. That's fair to say. I'm not paraphrasing anything un- unfairly there, which I occasionally do. But my Cleveland sports PTSD, the second that I admit, how much fun is this? The first two thoughts I had post that. and that, And all of us have some sort of post-traumatic deal with Cleveland sports. We do. Some of us, maybe it shows its head with the Browns, some of us with the Guardians, some of it with uh, the Cavs. I tend to have it react differently for each team. Like for the Cavs, 
because they because this isn't a LeBron-led Cavs team, the two things I go to are, all right, should we judge him in a hot streak? And like I think that's a so that's a valid question. Whether you're whether you're saying, all right, this is great. They're 14 and 1 in their last 15 games, but like at some point they're going to cool down. Right? It, it, I mean, it just stands to reason. You're not winning 14 to 15 games from here on out. Now, the difference is, can you win 700% of your games? Can you win? Can you get to, uh, I think right now, I'm actually going to have to check it. I think right now the Cavs have, in the Eastern Conference, the last time I checked, I think their winning percentage was something like, eh, let me make sure here. Yeah, 667. If you get to seven, 760 is where Boston is, that they're winning 76% of their games. I don't know you're going to get there. But that's listen. Can you keep it in the anywhere from six, you know, sixty-five percent of your games to seventy percent of your games? Because that's what you're going to need to do to sustain the the two seed in the Eastern Conference, or even try and make a serious run at the one seed. The problem is right now, Boston's really not slowing down themselves. They're playing seven hundred ball in their last ten games. So, like, I'm I'm absolutely buying that the Cavs can take a run at the two seed because they're a two seed right now. But like, okay, it when is the hot streak going to end? Like that's that's kind of what I'm thinking about. Or, or will there be a cool streak here at all? Instead of winning nine out of every 10 games or 14 out of every 15 games, are you going to be winning seven out of 10 games? Because that that's likely to happen given that this is happening at the beginning of of uh, February, and you've got a lot of kind of natural landmarks in your way until the playoffs start in about uh, two and a half months from now. So, like, okay, hot streak. You look at their schedule, though. They've got Washington tomorrow night. That's a road game. They got uh, Brooklyn the next night, which is uh, another road game. Okay, I mean, that's back-to-backs. You just never know with back-to-backs. And then uh, on the 10th, they've got Toronto. And then after the Toronto game, they got a Philly game. Every one of those four games is winnable. So, oh, okay, well, what are the good teams they play in February? Guys, they don't play a lot of them. So, outside of natural landmarks that break up any sort of uh, momentum, they're kind of right where they need to be. Now, there is, when we get back to the greater question, are you buying the Cavs as a two seed right now today? Which means you're buying or selling. You're either buying that this hot streak is going to somewhat maintain, they're never going to have a significant dip this season, and they're in it for the long run. That That's not the same thing as they totally win it, but at least that they're going to stay in the conversation. Last year, guys, they were in a conversation for a top six seed. They finish off the season really well, and you're able to claim a fourth seed. But at no point was I, I – it was more, are you buying the Cavs as a top four seed? There's a huge difference between – that two seed and that four seed. Neither of them is a failure, just so we're very clear on this. But the other way in which my my Cleveland sports post-traumatic brain, I almost said injury, I don't want to be insensitive, but how like my brain works because of being a Cleveland sports fan and being a Cavs fan is I go, is it possible they peak too soon? And that one I think is probably the most fair question right now. You don't want to play the best basketball of the season in late January, in early February. Now, as everybody knows, you can have multiple streaks like this. 
So even if they don't go 14 of 15, or if, I mean, if they sweep the next uh, five games, which it looks like they really have a good chance at. So you take 19 of 20, which is a ridiculous feat, guys. That's one quarter of the season. That's the kind of hot streak the Cavs are on. But, like, at some point, they're going to have a little moment where they come back down to earth. At some point, then you have to restart all this. And right now, they're so hot offensively. And I think it is feeding into their defense. I kind of want to wait to see. Before I get too hopped up, before I get too antsy my pantsy on the Cavaliers and not on Kevin Stefanski, before I get too keyed up on this, I kind of want to see when that next lull comes and then how they get out of it. Whether that's offense, defense, whether the offense can get hot again later in the season, that's not to say that they can't be a two seed. Like at this point, they're they're there. They're in the conversation. But I think the two biggest questions that you can ask yourself are, okay, how much of this is a hot streak and how much of this is maintainable throughout the rest of the year? And then two, it's a question we used to ask ourselves about when's the right time to get hot with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't think there's a perfect answer. I just know the longer you have to stay hot, the harder it is to kind of keep that momentum going. It kind of was the best of when, okay, as a fan, it was the best of no one's really going to kill it on defense from the Kings side of things. I thought the Cavs actually did play pretty decent defensively considering the, I mean, just the pace they were able to play, the consistent ability to knock down a ridiculous amount of three-point shots. There's part of that game like that, there's a flukish element to that kind of win because you're not going to shoot 50% above three the entire time. But, like, I think it's interesting. While we have the conversation, now the Cavs are literally the two seed in the Eastern Conference. Are you buying in on them as in the running for the two seed moving forward? That there are four stats that I think really matter. And we're going to rip through them real quick because this is not stat radio. We are, we're, we've got a conversation to be had here. One... Um, one of the strength of schedule says the Cavs have the ninth easiest strength of schedule remaining in the NBA. And that includes three games against Philly, who might have just lost Joel Embiid for the rest of the year. And I think we should probably assume that he will be. I don't want to assume because I think Embiid is a lot of fun. I also don't want to get fat and cocky. I'm already fat, but I don't want to be fat and cocky in the case he comes back and they're a bear to deal with as a seven or eight seed. But the ninth easiest strength of schedule, their wins projection is second best in the Eastern Conference at 54 wins they're projected to have. Milwaukee, who you have, uh, they, I think you have one less loss than them. Milwaukee's projected at 50, uh, 50.4 wins. New York at 52 wins. And those are the four 50-plus win teams. So as of right now, if, at least according to CBS Sports, you're being projected as the two seed in the Eastern Conference. The uh, divisional percentage, they give you an 84.9% chance to win the division. That's in a division with Milwaukee and Giannis. So that tells you there's a lot of skepticism from the just analytical side of things that Milwaukee's going to kind of get back into the divisional race. And then uh, postseason-wise, they give you – you're one of two teams in the Eastern Conference with a 100% chance – to make the postseason, according to CBS Sports. And I think Donovan kind of, I think Donovan's got the best perspective on this. I hope his teammates do too. I hope that's a legitimate thing, which is, hey, it's great. It's February, right? Whereas yesterday, Kevin Stefanski used February 5th as an excuse to not have named a play caller when I, they're pretty sure we, uh, there's, 
There's no way they don't have some idea or some heavy leaning on who's going to call plays next year. When it comes to basketball, uh, February 6th is incredibly early to lock in and say that should be the expectation. So when I say are you buying into them, what I'm really saying is are you buying in that they're going to be in around this spot in the race for the rest of the time here? And I think a big part of that is somehow maintaining momentum while also making sure that you, you, you're you not burning Donovan out so that he still has tread on the tires when it comes time for the playoffs. Because that is where a Donovan Mitchell-led team and a LeBron James team is different. Like, this was the time, you know, that January to February, even early March window, is where Ty Lue found ways, you know, it, at 28, 29, 30-year-old LeBron to conserve some of the mileage on LeBron. And make sure that he was he was refreshed for the the kind of final twenty games, fifteen games, twenty games takeoff landing strip that you need. Because of the injuries, the Cavs have not really been able to do that. Thirty five minutes a game, which I think is what he's averaging now, isn't heinous. But last year, you you had him up at thirty eight minutes per game, and Donovan looked beat in the second half of that. Uh, that five-game series. That was a huge part of your loss on top of your lack of physicality and lack of three-point shooting around those guys. So when it when it starts to, how do you keep this going? I think the other thing is keep Donovan fresh and keep running the offense through Donovan. I, I, I like watching, watching Donovan at the point and just his ability as a passer, how when he kind of gets going downhill at about half court and, and kind of like just kind of jogs the ball up the court and then starts to move it all, how the defense reacts to him. I mean, the best thing you can do is load the court with three-point shooters because he's getting guys like Isaac Okoro, not a naturally great three-point sh- uh, shooter. Dean Wade, kind of more of an inconsistent guy, but get, at least gives you in kind of gives you some space there because defenses know they can't just slag off on him. He's giving all those guys these ridiculous looks. I think Evan Mobley is another guy he's giving ridiculous looks to. I think Donovan is the key to being the two seed. Now, there is the Cavs' great hope, and that kind of relies more on the postseason. We'll get to that in a second, but 216-474-0092. Are you, are you buying that the Cavs is a two seed, that they're going to be in the race for the two seed from here on out and maybe even could push for the one seed in the Eastern Conference. Henry, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us? Thank you. The reason why I'm not buying it because, like you say, like when the Lakers beat the Knicks, now I like the Knicks too, just like I like the Cavs. The reason why the Lakers beat them because they know how to get aggressive when it's time to get aggressive. See, the Cavs don't know how to do that. So, get, like, they should have beat the Knicks in the playoffs before. So that's why I'm not buying them being a two seed until I see that team get aggressive. When they need to get aggressive. So when do you think, games, wait, real quick, Henry, do you think the yeah. Knicks are the benchmark in the Eastern Conference? Yes, I do. I really like the Knicks. Yes, I do. Yes. Okay. All right. Very. Thank you very much for your call there. Um, there's one team that is the true benchmark in the Eastern Conference, and it's the Boston Celtics. And this year, uh, Brown and Tatum, they're doing Brown and Tatum type stuff. Uh, Porzingis has been a night, basically all their offseason additions, um, including Drew Holiday, there's a reason why Boston's winning 70, 76% of their games right now. So for me, I like to see in the regular season, and there's no, it's not like it was when it was LeBron and the, with the Cavs, with Kyrie and Kevin Love, and it was, 
either Golden State team with or without Kevin Durant, where there were like three benchmark teams in the NBA. I think Boston is the benchmark. I, I get it. The Knicks are better. They traded for OG Ananobi. That's a great addition. Um, Brunson having a hell of a year. I mean, just everything is coming together for them. I still think they need to add like a top 15 player, and I don't think until you add a true top 15 player, I don't think you're winning a title. But do I think they could be a nuisance in the playoffs? Yes. I also think the Cavs have more natural rebuttals this year than you did last year. And so I the Ananobi deal makes me respect the Knicks more this year than they did last year. I think the Cavs have enough that I don't think you can just say if those two teams played that that's the same result would happen. The physicality thing is a real concern. I think a bigger concern is what does your offense look like in the postseason? Because if this if this three-point shooting, and last night, again, they shot like 54, 55% from three, that's not sustainable. Golden State wasn't shooting 56% from three uh, in, the, in the postseason. But if you can keep it above 40, Man, that's gonna that's gonna give you an exponentially greater chance at a at a shot against the Knicks. And by the way, right now you're a two seed and you're, and they're a four seed, so that's not your first round matchup. Right now, your first round matchup would be Orlando if Orlando was able to win the the play in tournament and get that seven seed. I don't think I don't think Orlando is going to be much of a problem for you at all. Mark, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us? Hey, I think this is sustainable, man. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The simple fact that Donovan Mitchell is the number one rated defensive player and the number one shooting guard in efficiency, man. I mean, you got guys like Darius, who's he's the 19th best player in the league in, in defense. You know what I'm saying? So I'll, I'm not worried about all this, you know, what happened with the Knicks last year as far as being pushed around because those both Evan Mobley and um, Jared Allen come with a different attitude this season. And now you've got Jared, I mean, um, Mobley's up here shooting the three consistently. Come on, man. I think I think the sky's the limit with this team. I mean, we we number. I mean, not only the defense, but we rank number eleven in assists. So we moving the ball around. I mean, Donovan's a beast. I don't see why not. So there's a few things there, and I think of the call, Mark. One, I 
a little skittish when it comes to defensive uh, ratings on on undersized guards because there's a lot that goes into those guys' numbers looking good, and it's a lot of what happens around them. And I think one of the coolest things to develop out of the three-point shooting is that early in the season, you'd have like a really good three-point shooting night, but the defense would play like crap. Or early in the season, you have a great defensive night, and because the guys you had on the court, they weren't hitting shots, and so your offense would look disjointed. And that and that a big reason for that was also because Darius and Donovan just it it was looking clunky between those two, and there was still some clunkiness between Evan and and Jared. So I guess my point is, I don't know they put a lot of stock into the the defensive numbers or defensive ratings on on, on undersized guards. Um, but I do think like Donovan. What Donovan's doing right now is 100% attainable and 100% uh, you you can make this happen in the playoffs. And it is, and I, I think what's interesting is a lot of it's going to be predicated on how much off-ball are you going to let Darius Garland. But to, to get back to the physicality thing, the, listen, the playoffs, there's just going to be natural matchups that work better for you because of the way you play. And you don't have a lot of big – I mean, really, Tristan's your big, big. I mean, he's the guy who is um, a big physical player. Like, Jarrett can be physical, but against the more physical players, tends to cower a little bit. Evan's a little undersized and and not as demonstrative in the post. There are matchups that he can, he can nail, but like I think as we saw last year, like you put him up against Mitchell Robinson, who's the one thing that he's really got – is just a, a great build and some physicality to him. And you saw him, I mean, guys, Isaiah Hartenstein was was doing similar things against you in the playoffs last year. So I don't know that changes overnight. I don't think it matters as much if you're hitting your threes, and I think that's why Donovan and keeping Donovan going as a facilitator is huge. Because I think you're seeing like, I'm not trying to get back into the Darius versus Donovan thing because that's a conversation for a different day, maybe as soon as this summer. But, like, I don't know how you watch Donovan bring the ball up the court, watch how opposing defenses are reacting, and him kick out to literally anybody on the court, and they're getting ridiculous. And it, By the way, it's not just him. He's making the right pass first, and they're just making the extra right pass. That's not a system thing. That's just a team playing really well together. Again, another thing that I do think is sustainable, even if it's 40% versus 56%. Lowell, welcome to the show, bud. What you got for us? Hey, love the show. A couple things, uh, one Cavs, one Browns. I think uh, what they're doing this year from last year is they're passing a ball around. So JB needs to find every combination that's possible and rest um, Donovan when he can. And also Tristan will be back with fresh legs. I think they're going to do well. I don't. I don't think they're going to be deer in headlights at the Knicks next time. So whether they're hot now, winning makes all the problems go away. So let them win as much as they can win. We'll take our best shot. We get there, you know. And as far as the Browns, not saying who's going to call the plays. I'm sorry. I'm not a big Stefanski fan. He's just a puppet. I'm sorry. That's my opinion. Lol, appreciate you, buddy. Um, I think there are some people who have reported things that that sure make it seem like Kevin has less power in that building than he would expect for a guy who's had as much success as he has. I don't know. I would say puppet, but I think there's enough reports that say the power dynamic probably isn't one that you and I should be as comfortable with as we are because they just won 11 games. 216-474-0092. 
I also worry, and, and just as we're talking about the Cavs and looking at speed bumps for you know potential uh, top two seed landings here, I do worry a little bit about the All-Star game coming up. That is a natural point where if you're a team playing really well, randomly having seven days off in the middle of the season, that's long enough to kind of disrupt what you're doing, especially when at least one of your players going to All-Star weekend. But I was listening to uh, to Ken this morning with Lima out on paternity leave. Congratulations to the Limas, by the way. Always a lovely time there. I don't think I'm speaking out of turn, right? Like they, they announced it on the show that, that he had, uh, his wife had their baby boy, their second kiddo. So kudos to the Limas and a uh, lot of good stuff heading Anthony Lima's way. We are the, it, it, nope, nope, not get into that. Almost went into it. We, I almost talked about how opposite Lima and I view things, but I will not get that. That's for me and him to talk about whenever we get on the phone together. Uh, but with that being said, um, one of the things I heard with Ken and Danny today was something that, and Ken has been, you know, Ken pushed back on the Jason Lloyd article last week where Jason said, now's the time to 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 shoot three-pointers for Evan Mobley. And it's less about making them in any given game, and it's more about just continuing to establish yourself as a three-point threat and how that in and of itself will have implications on how teams guard Evan Mobley, and that could open up... Um, more lanes for driving lanes for your guards for your for your wings um that could go ahead and change how just Evans guarded in general which changes the fit of him and Jared Allen on the court together and so Ken was kind of anti this is the moment to to have Evan shoot these threes in the first place and so I thought it was interesting now that Evan has been back in these last two games last night Evan took a three missed it but then you know the night before or the game before he went three for three against the Spurs and so I thought this was an interesting take from from Ken on Evan Mobley shooting threes, his role in the offense. Evan Mobley did shoot one three in this game. You want Evan Mobley to shoot more. Now, I thought he got pretty aggressive inside yesterday. However, he did only shoot one three, and you want him to shoot more. And I go, I don't, I don't believe in him shooting more threes, buddy. It's not that I need him to all of a sudden be this 40% three-point shooter. I just need him to be someone that defenses are going to respect because it's going to open I, up so much more for him. But I don't. I disagree with you, and I disagree with Jason Lloyd, who said it. I, I don't know if that's going to happen right now. I don't know if it just all happens at this moment. I don't know that it I does, mean, we're, we're, but you need to see February. progress. With Evan Mobley, we might have to start taking back a couple of unicorn conversations, okay? Fine, because it's going to take a little bit longer. So I don't know... Why we're ha- I don't know why Ken thinks that. I mean, he and I just fundamentally disagree. I think now is the time. One, can I just tell you something that really does? And it's not. I'm not it's not towards Ken, but it is. It makes me think of it. I get really annoyed when teams say, "Oh, we're a winning team," and I get really annoyed when teams say we're a rebuilding team or we we've got other priorities other than winning on any given night. The two go hand in hand, and I do think over the last two years. I think Darius's development has not been stymied by having Donovan Mitchell around him because Darius has become a more lethal three-point shooter because Darius has become a more efficient player. So I think that's a moment where, okay, that guy's getting better in spite of you flipping the switch from we're that plucky team, that great little upstart here versus we're going to try and compete in the East now. So it's not one for one. But I do think that somewhere along the way, the development of Evan Mobley has been a little stymied. 
And I just don't think it has to be a choice. You know, I think you can I think you can aim to win and make sure Evan Mobley's a part of the offense. I think you can I think you can go ahead and try and win as many regular season games as possible and still make sure that your best young players are getting the kind of reps, focus, attention that they need, including three-point shots, to be the best version of themselves. But ever since LeBron was in town, and I want to make it clear because this is not specifically about what Ken is saying. I'm going to get back to that in a second. But ever since LeBron was in town, there's this mindset, and and honestly, it's the part where I do think LeBron is most up his own ass. Because LeBron, if LeBron had ever allowed teams to develop players around him, LeBron's run both both times in Cleveland would have looked a lot better. His time in L.A. would look a lot better. And yes, they've, okay, Alex Caruso had a run in L.A. Yes, um, uh, who's the other kid? Uh, Reeves has had a nice run. Every other guy that kind of needs to develop around LeBron, all their other young guys seem to have been seemed to turtle. And a lot of that is LeBron doesn't have patience to let guys develop. I think the Cavs have been in somewhat of a one-track mind with at least with Donovan in terms of Donovan's offensive role. He is not going to get better. He's not going to become the unicorn if you don't provide opportunities to him. And if he's already naturally reticent at doing that, it's not going to help if you don't make it happen for him. Yes, there are guys who are farther along, like Darius Garland, who he gets in a situation with Donovan and knows almost exactly how he's got to change. Yes, that does happen. There are also guys that need ushered along a little bit more. So when it comes to, uh, I don't know if we have time. Is now the time? Yes, now's the time. Like, yes, now's the Guys, you've got, you've got three months to figure out whether Donovan Mitchell is going to be able to, to to be enticed to stay here long-term or not. Like this offseason, there's an, a, a, an intense, an immense, I'm just rhyming words right now. I, there's an insane amount of pressure on the Cavs. There should be. That's the whole thing. When you put them on the table, guys, at some point, you got to prove that it was the smart move. But to hear Ken say, ah, we got to put the kibosh on the unicorn stuff. It is February 6th. The kid's played three friggin' games since coming off a knee injury. Can we let him, can we just give him a chance? But this idea of, well, we got to put a kibosh on that, well, but can't do the three-point thing. Why not? Like, I do not, I fundamentally, guys, we've given up on Isaac Okoro more times than I think any other player in, in NBA history. And, and some of it's been rightfully so. Dude's shooting like 36, 37% from three. You add that to being one of the best on-ball defenders in the NBA, bam, that's a role. How long did it take for Isaac Okoro to be that guy? And here's the thing, guys. Evan is already 10 times the player, 10 times the worth that Isaac Okoro is because he's a guy you can toss out there for 35 minutes a night because he does have a game that translates at least in the post. But you're never going to find out what you have in Evan Mobley unless you force his hand. Hey, Evan, I need four threes tonight. And listen, it might not happen, but just writing it off before you even try, that makes no sense to me at all. And I just, it, it's the one thing, and Ken has blinders on, and I think some of it is he likes to, to tease Jason Lloyd and they got like a little thing going on there. But like, I, like he has blinders on about this, and I just fundamentally don't get it. 
Evan Mobley is your most important player to, to doing the unthinkable and winning the East. Donovan, hugely important to winning rounds one and two. But if you want to go deep into the playoffs, you want to have a chance in the Eastern Conference Finals, it's the unicorn. And trying to find out whether he can be that guy, guys, that is one of the missions. It's not just, well, win as many games. Like, that's the easy stuff. Yes, we all know they have to win as many games as possible. Yes, we know. Uh, unlock Donovan and get Donovan in the best possible spot while also not just running him out so that he has no tread on the tires in April and May. Yes, obvious. But Evan Mobley is that next thing. And the idea of, eh, maybe we should just lower the expectations. Without giving him a chance, that that's how bad organizations think. And I hope it's not how the Cavs have thought, although to this point, they have not done a good enough job at forcing Evan into those situations, holding his feet to the flame and saying, we need four threes out of you tonight, and we need another four tomorrow night, and three weeks from now, we're going to need another four threes out of you in every single one of these games. There will become a logical point where all of a sudden you can go, you know what, it ain't working, we got to go on. That's not now. Not on February 6th. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.